Welcome to Any Other Business. I'm Rob D with Rob B. Eight years ago, when we first went into business together, we did a questionnaire to see what it would be like to work with each other. And I kept a copy. Today, we're going to be revisiting that. Rob's going to see it for the first time in all those years. And you are going to learn what questions you should ask a potential business partner, the boxes that you absolutely must tick, and how raw tomatoes could have entered the business before it even started. So Rob, as you know, we did a founder's questionnaire before we went into business together. As you also know, I've still got it eight years later. I don't know why I'm so nervous about this. No, I, your face changes when I bring it up, but it's really, it's not, but it's a bit bad, but it's not that bad. Well, tune out now, it's not that bad. It's, uh, it's really, it's really interesting. So let's go back and, well, let's go back to like, can you explain, it was your idea, can you explain why you thought that this would be a good idea? Okay, so when we were looking to go into business together, we'd worked together on a podcast for a while, we'd gotten to know each other. But when you go into a business partnership, you are making a commitment, you hope you are anyway, that's long term. And I wanted to make sure that we were both aligned in our sort of values, our views, and what we wanted to do and achieve, because I didn't want conflict unnecessary conflict to come further down the line. Um, it, that could have been avoided by doing something like this. What I'm really interested to find out today is, have our views changed dramatically from what we thought was important all those years ago, eight plus years ago? Well, let's find out. It's <laughs> there's. Uh, I have read this recently. I can certainly say there's some bits where our predictions of the future were not spot on. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say that. Okay, so for context, we'd already had the podcast together. We were sort of doing bits and pieces together. This was before we started Yellow Lettings, which was the first proper business we did together. So this is specifically what the questionnaire is about. So there's questions about that. It starts off, though, with a section about personalities um, and like our desires for the business. So the first question is, why do you want to start a business? Which is quite a good question to start with. A business or this business? Uh, both in general and in particular right now. Well, for that, why we wanted that business or why I wanted that business was probably because it complemented what I was already doing and that it would be good to do something together. That is pretty close. Oh, wow. It says, um, we built, and I'll paraphrase, we built an amazing platform with a podcast. I think we can offer, offer a service that's missing from the market right now. Um, I think the skill sets and business philosophies we both have could allow us to create the best letting agent in the industry. Cool. So that is basically what you said. Um, my answer was to make as much money as possible. So we're, no, it wasn't that. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we were pretty aligned um, with this. Because uh, I love building things. I love the personal freedom of satisfaction of coming up with an idea, executing it, and making things better as a result. So pretty much the same. Good start. Okay, good start. What motivates you was the next question, e.g. a technical challenge, a problem, helping the world, etc. Any idea what you did for that? I'm sure I said helping the world, but what I probably should have said was creating things. I like creating things. Um, close, you said um, starting a business from scratch and building it until it's self-sufficient really motivates me as a challenge. Wow. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, and I said um, the satisfaction of a job well done. I like working hard and coming up with something um, good and having the satisfaction of looking back at it later. So, again, close enough. Do you feel satisfied looking back? Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, 
what do you do with your free time now this so this was eight years ago oh, so what very doing, different now. What, were you, <laughs> what were you doing with your free time eight years ago and, and how do you deal with stress i deal with stress well actually um and i did back then so i'm sure i would have put something on those lines what did i enjoy doing back then i enjoyed socializing with friends eating out Still like eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, even back then you didn't you weren't up to anything exciting. <laughs> no. <laughs> that must have been ten years ago. Yeah. You uh, spend time with my family. I normally work six days a week, so spending time with the family is important to me. To unwind, I go for a run or walk or meditate. Uh, I did have my son by then, so yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking pre children. So that's when I had a life. Yeah. <laughs> um and I didn't have children, but I was still really boring. I said, <laughs> um, I said that that basically that my hob my hobby is creating stuff. I've always got lots of things on the go, and often I'll be doing something that looks like work, but actually it's just tinkering with something on a website or something like that. <laughs> um, I also said to deal with stress, I exercise every morning and watch truly awful reality TV every night, which is still true. As well. Do you still watch The Bachelor? Uh, no, I got off. I got off The Bachelor, thankfully. Yeah. Um, still on still now? on million dollar listing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Even I like that. Yeah. All right, the moving on. Um, what do you think I'd be most surprised to find out about you? Clearly, you wanted to get all this stuff out of the way earlier. <laughs> I just wanted the juice from you. Um, what was su surprising about me back then? I don't know. <laughs> what did I say? Um, you said, I quit two universities and I used to live for the drunken weekends, something I hate now. And then you dropped the real bomb. I don't like raw tomatoes, but I like them roasted or in a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's still true. Yeah. Uh, at which point I was I wasn't sure if I could work to you at that with you at that point because I do quite like tomatoes. But I thought, <laughs> I'll keep going through the rest of it. What did you say? Um, I said you'd probably be surprised if you knew the full extent of my pivot over the last two years, going from the glamorous music industry to seemingly boring life now. Um, because, yeah, that was at the time when I was just transitioning out of something else. And you kind of knew me when I was in very much boring, not wanting to go out mode. But that's because I've been doing so much going out for the last decade. So basically you did cool pivots from music to start up a business and I did drunken student <laughs> to business partner who doesn't like tomatoes With some, except yeah. roasted or in a sauce yeah exactly so so, so we'd established that... we definitely approached that question differently <laughs> yeah. so we're taking different routes to the same place we each had our food preferences but we established all that so then we start getting to the money stuff oh here we go okay so would we sell this for five million a hundred million are we waiting for the billion dollar exit that's the question what was the answer i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea what I would have said. Um, we both said the same. You said, unless it was silly money, why would we lose a golden goose? So oh. thinking about the just like having it running it for income, and I was, um, I said roughly the same thing. The exit isn't a priority. Although if someone offered a couple of million, I'd be tempted. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an important point of alignment. Like if one of us is going in as like, right, let's grow this as big as we can in a few years and then sell it. And the other was, oh, let's keep it chugging along. It's good that we established that up front. Okay, then keeping on the money theme, are we both going to be unpaid? And when would this change? We definitely were unpaid. <laughs> <laughs> we were unpaid for a long, long time. Um, we were not necessarily planning that. I'll no, spoiler it for no. you. How long did we plan for? I don't know, two years? Um, yeah, basically. Um you thought we'd pay back our 
initial investment in year one, start taking a small salary in year two, then a bigger one in year three. That didn't happen. Nope, did not. (laughs) I think we finally may have paid ourselves back after eight years. Yes. Uh, (laughs) um, And I said I'd be happy to be unpaid for one year. So I spent many years unhappy. (laughs) Uh, I'd be prepared to go longer without pay if necessary. But I think in a year we should be in a position to pay ourselves something, if only to prove to ourselves that it's working. I think it's worth saying at this point that we do have other businesses that were profitable a lot sooner. Yeah. Do we want to raise outside money? No. You said no. I said no. That was an easy one. Um, And then quite a fundamental one. Where do we want the business to be located? I think we said because that's how we started that we didn't care. That's basically it. You said England. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good for an English letter agency. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have worked in Azerbaijan. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said anywhere. So we're open to Azerbaijan and other places. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I think we, we were thinking about this as being purely remote. In fact, I think at this point, we hadn't made the decision to that it was going to be a purely remote thing. I think we were just taking the view that it didn't really matter where it was and of somewhere other than London would be cheaper. So I think the actual remote part came after this, but clearly location wasn't a big deal. And then it goes on to talk more about the business. So question is, what values do we want to instill in our employees? Now, values are really important now. And I really believe in the values of a business. I don't know if I was that far on in my journey back then as an individual to really push business core values. So I'm not sure what I would have put here. I know what I'd say today because it's what we live. But back then, I, pro- I probably wasn't as bought into the whole concept of core values and a business having values. Passion, service is king, and a sense of purpose to the work they do. And I don't think that's that different from like, we've refined what the core values of the business are, but it's getting at the same thing. And I was getting at the same thing, talking about being part of a mission, um, diligence or conscientiousness. And um, something that we took a while to get there on this one, um, working efficiently and following systems. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on the systems part. Yeah. Other people do, but not so much myself. Okay, then it goes back to us again. Uh, how honest were we with each other? It says, describe your working style to me in a few words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know now, uh, my working style in a few words. You know what? I'd, I'd struggle to even describe that today I, I don't know how i'd describe i'm sure you'd have some words for it but how i describe my working style um enthusiastic it's no we said you the word you used was systemized <laughs> i was clearly trying to woo you <laughs> but then you then you get then you say i gotta start telling the truth <laughs> then, you, then you say i get stuff done in the mornings and fade in the afternoon that's true <laughs> yeah. um so yeah um partial <laughs> <laughs> systemized but yeah partial, par- partially uh, has proven to be the case <laughs> yeah. um and i've said organized and consistent um, I'm, yeah. I make a list the night before and work through it in order. The drawback to that is I can be inflexible and resent interruptions or unexpected dramas. <laughs> being, being quite honest there. Yeah. It's not that different today. Yeah, that certainly hasn't changed. Um, okay, let's see if the honesty continues. How do you deal with conflict? Back then, the honest answer would have been to avoid it. 
but I was properly flexing with the ego because I was a younger man. So I probably said something far more confident. But back then, I would have avoided it. So obviously, I've developed that skill. But back then, that would have been the truth. What did I actually say? No, I said that I avoid conflict. So I, I did. I sort of said it's not a good trait, and we need to develop a working style um, from the start, where there's a process for flagging concerns as soon as they come up. Uh, the positive spin on that is I've got no interest in winning arguments, and will never instigate an argument just because I'm having a bad day. True. I think. Oh yes, you do. See, I want again. So you said uh, it depends. I tend to mirror the person in the beginning, then calm back down to my rational self quite quickly. If I'm in the wrong, though, I apologise quickly. That is true. That's true. Okay. So how well did we know each other back then? The question is, what do you think the other Rob is best at? Ooh, what would have I put back then? I'm trying to remember how I felt about you back then methodical and organized is possibly what I might have said some of it yeah but writing yeah. brand building systems and good work ethic yeah definitely close on or most of that and I've put um, sales and calls setting big goals and inspiring trust hmm. it's pretty spot on yeah so there you go. We we did we did know each other before we jumped into business. That's good. Then it comes on to a section about the nitty gritty of how the business operates and roles and things like that, which is I think a really important section because so often all this kind of you know, people try not to think about what could how you deal with things if things go wrong. Yeah, they only want to focus on the positive outcomes of yeah. what could happen. But this, um, it gets to some of the bad stuff. So first of all, how will decisions get made? Can you outvote me? No. Uh, no. We both, you, you said we are equals. And the reason I want to do this quiz is to make sure we're on the same wavelength. And I said no as well. Um, can either of us fire the other one? <laughs> no. Uh, no, we both said no. Pretty straightforward. Um, there's, if one of us does get fired, what do we leave with? A coat. <laughs> uh, you put half, I guess, but depends on the crime. <laughs> and I just put no idea. And then it starts asking things um, like, which probably are quite important to get on the table if, if uh, there is a yes to this. Have you ever been fired, gone to jail or done anything that would materially impact your time with the company? Not in this country. No. I'm joking. <laughs> no. You did indeed say no to that. So. <laughs> Glad you're being honest about that one. And then it comes back to working styles. And so it says, why do you think we'd be good together? I think because, and I still believe this today, that we can bring the best out of each other in terms of our strengths, balance each other out, but also compensate for our weaknesses. I would have liked to have thought I'd got there back then as well. Yeah, you put similar passions and business beliefs, but also a good mix of skill sets. I think it's basically nailed it, really. It's like we've, we are very different in terms of what we're good at, but the underlying beliefs about business as coming out in this are the same, and that's what's really important. Yeah, I completely agree. The values that you hold are so important, and you can have different skill sets as founders, but if you have different values or different vision, I mean, vision's the obvious one. Like, if you've got different visions, then you can pretty much tell it's not going to work pretty quickly. But if you have similar visions 
complementary skill sets, but you don't have similar values, then it's going to be a car crash at some point. Yeah. So it's it's trying to not tick one of the boxes or a couple of boxes. It's ticking all the boxes, which is really hard to do. And then you can understand why people get impatient and then compromise. I mean, I'm I'm sure I wasn't the perfect founder in your eyes back then. And you know what, Rob, you might not even have been mine. Who knows? <laughs> of course, you are today. But it doesn't matter. You just need to tick all the core boxes, and then you can accept a few flaws and faults elsewhere mm. because the core stuff you're in alignment with yeah i completely agree and i said basically exactly the same thing as you to this but in a more wordy way so i won't bother reading it i'm boring <laughs> everyone but yeah it's getting at the same thing um the next question was how do you think we should give feedback to each other and the team so a question about communication style i suppose honesty with kindness it's probably i don't know if how i would have worded it it's how i would i'd still say the same today be honest, but deliver it in a, a thoughtful way. Yeah, you said constructively, which I think is getting at the same thing. Um, and we should do weekly review sessions along the lines of this is what I said I'd do. What did you do? Which we, we actually still do. We still do. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, were, we were doing it then and it, and it worked. And I said, um, develop a structured way by which we can express concerns to each other without the other person taking it personally. So we're very aligned on some of most of this we're also talking about having meetings at set times of the week um having them structured having an agenda and giving honest feedback to each other should be part of that so yeah again that is kind of how it's played out we still do that kind of thing yeah, yeah we don't i mean if feedback's needed we'll share it but we know each other that well by now and i also think we're pretty good at the self-awareness point that we're quick to flag to the other side that we need to work on something before the other person even raises it yeah exactly so all looking pretty good. There's still a potential for it to fall apart at the end in the last <laughs> couple of questions. So here's uh, here's the big one. You mentioned your ego earlier. Who's going to be the CEO is the question. I know what I answered then. Okay. I know what's happened since, but I know what I answered. <laughs> but bear in mind, this was just yellow lettings. Yeah. And I would have answered something on the lines of, I don't care about titles, which I still don't. I think we can go into a discussion on titles now if you want. But I I don't care about titles. The, the only reason we have titles today is to help other people understand our roles, yeah. not for our egos to be elevated. That is what you said. You said both of us have an equal role and say. So you actually swerved the question of who should be <laughs> CEO. But, I had grand plans. Yeah. <laughs> but were you telling the truth <laughs> back, back then? Like, do you did did you remember answering this question? Because like, you mentioned like your your ego about having a co-founder. No, I, I did remember, I do remember it and I did mean it. I don't really care about titles in, in any form, whether it's my my own or other people's. And sometimes it I feel uncomfortable saying, oh, I'm a CEO, because it just feels like, well, no, I'm Rob and I help run this business. But I've got... But I think that's my own hang-up around titles. It shouldn't be a thing. It just is. But I think I made the mistake, and I think we probably both did, but you can you can say if you, if you agree or not, that we wanted to kind of co-run it and, and co-grow it, and we absolutely have. But I, I do think people need people being external and internal 
needed someone to go, no, okay, I'll drive this forward now. I'll be responsible for these core things that you would expect a CEO to do. Mm-hmm. And you'll go and work on other core things. But that title shift only came about when we kind of, after so many years, start talking about which tasks make us happiest and which we enjoy the most. And actually, I think it happened. It wasn't just this, but when we had a good chat a few years ago about what you enjoy and didn't enjoy doing, and then we kind of crafted our roles off the back of that conversation. Yeah, we operated without titles for years. And Things got better when we took them on. Mm. And it was different by that point because we had other businesses in the mix as well. But I do think that for a long time, because we were both conscious of wanting to be equal, we would both like either equally be involved in things that really only need one person to do, or we'd both kind of like leave things for each other and, <laughs> and they just wouldn't get done at all. And it's with but when once we got clear about what our roles actually were. It was easier at that point because there were more roles to be divided up, I suppose. But I think that that gave us a lot more clarity. Uh, I clearly, I didn't say I wanted to be the CEO. I said I didn't care about titles, but clearly I didn't because a lot of the CEO stuff is the stuff I just don't want to do. Yeah. So it worked. Um, and so I think, although I think we were being honest at the time and our hearts were in the right place for that kind of answer, it's probably quite a healthy place to start a partnership. We perhaps underrated the importance of having different roles yeah but even with titles still today i don't go well rob i'm the ceo <laughs> um you will do that like that doesn't happen and it doesn't and it doesn't happen with with you it's just that it doesn't happen with anyone it's a conversation and yes if a, a final decision needs to be made and we collectively haven't got one and someone has to make one i'm prepared to make it but that's like the last resort. But we'll often talk, and we don't disagree much, but what will happen is if you and I disagree on a point, we'll kind of talk it out or find a baby step to test something before making a, a commitment on a decision. So I, I think it's it's interesting, but that's why I don't like titles because it gives the the impression that it's okay we're ranking people now and they're ranked at all different levels and a good business values everyone and a good business wants lots of opinions and a good business doesn't think that one person is the super person in the business and they've got all the answers and they're the the true leader and you know they can't be questioned because I think that's a business waiting to fail. I think the sooner anybody who starts a business realizes that it's your team that allows you to do things, it's the better. All you you are as a CEO is a a conductor. And you may have a vision of where things are going and you can conduct people to that, but I'm not throwing my conductor sticks, what are they called, (laughs) at at, at everyone and saying, come on, do it, or whipping people with them. It's like, come on, here's a tune, let's let's play it together. And it's only when everyone plays together that it becomes something important or it becomes something interesting. So that's why I'm uncomfortable with the title because I I think – it probably has the wrong impression. I think people think CEO, dominant, powerful, and I can be dominant in some sort of ways, I guess. I have a dominant personality, some would say. But not dominance as in you will do it, you'll follow my lead, I am perfect, I have all the right answers, all the perfect ideas, let's go. I think there probably are CEOs like that, and I think they're the ones who've got the press, which is probably why it makes me slightly uncomfortable with the title, but I think it's more like the the 
ultimate team leader rather than ultimate dictator. Yeah, and when we when we do agree, like I think we each of us gives ground, and so sometimes each of us gets our own way. And whenever I give ground, I never go, "Wow, you're the CEO," so I just have to, I have to really. And I'd like to think that I'd like to think that no one else does either. And there, I I would I hope that no one would kind of get hung up on saying feeling like they couldn't say what they wanted to say because of titles. No, I think they do. And and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I actively encourage people to challenge me. Like, what do you think? Or here's my opinion, but feel free to say otherwise. I mean, there's not many days I think that pass where I don't say those words to people because I am conscious that one, I can sound convincing and I get passionate about an idea and people might want to follow it. So that's worrying. But also I know that all my ideas can't be good. I'm sure some of them are, and I'm sure some of them are gold, but there's some crap as well and and I, I need people to say you know rob you got a bit excited by that but actually that probably isn't so good or how about we twist that and turn it into this instead and i think it's important for anybody who builds a business to encourage a culture where people can express their own opinions and don't feel like oh wait a minute that person's saying it so i can't say anything if you can create that safe place and it's easy to say and a lot harder to do if you can create it then that's when businesses become really like exciting, beautiful places to be. Okay, so we've got through all of this, got through the title. There was still one more question where things could have gone horribly wrong. What's the equity split and why is the question? Well, that was easy because that was a starting up business together. Although it was supported by the business I'd already set up, I know what the answer was because I know what we did. And in that business, it was 50-50. Yep. And you just put 50-50. I put 50-50 because it simplifies everything. Um, I would be uncomfortable if you wanted more only because I want to be equally involved if you think I've got an equal amount to contribute. So I think I'm basically saying the same thing in a wordy kind of way. <laughs> but the funny thing is a lot of people um, advise against doing 50-50 because it's like there is no deciding factor. But it just seemed to make sense at the time i could i didn't, couldn't really imagine doing it a different way it probably in hindsight was a risk it probably would have been better just for one of us to marginally have a say in that business that could have been good fortune rather than good decisions because we didn't have a situation that required it but what would have happened if we did so i think while we didn't need it, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out for everyone else. But I, I'm just pleased that we've not had a, an instance where one of us have had to overrule the other one. We've always got to a decision we've both been happy with. Yeah, then a large part of that is probably because we went into business with the right person and checked that by doing the quiz. Because I don't know, clearly we're pretty aligned. I remember reading it at the time and going, oh, wow, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, but how how do you feel about our answers now? I'm pretty pleased back? because I think, okay, some of it's developed, but it's not fundamentally different. And there's, there's themes that are, were true then that are true back now. Things may have changed, but I actually feel that while situations may have changed and our answers may have developed what we believed as core sort of concepts or core beliefs back then still hold true today and i think that's why we didn't argue back then we didn't argue 
during the process of building businesses, and we don't argue today. And I think even the, the risk of us falling out or debating reduces over time because actually now, although we, we run a business, we actually do our separate things. You do the stuff that you're brilliant at, I do the stuff I'm okay at, and then we get we crack on with it. Yeah, I'm really surprised actually by how good a read we had on each other early on. It was pretty spot on, considering we'd been done the podcast together, but not much more. The business we didn't have such a good read on. I think we were quite optimistic in our projections about how quickly we'd be able to pay ourselves and the level of involvement we'd have. That's probably true to all businesses, but we, yeah, got that one quite wrong. We did. But I think the main reason we avoided conflict is you didn't ask me to eat any raw tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. that, that would have been it. Tears. I would have had to overrule you, and um, it would have it would have got very messy. Yeah, good thing we established that one up front. So that <laughs> yeah. situation, that's the main benefit. That was of the doing, main yeah. concern actually going into it. Yeah. Will he make me eat raw tomatoes? <laughs> so that was that was the founders quiz. There was no need to be as nervous as you were about it. No, I just I probably think back to my younger self and probably give that person a harder time than deserved. Yes, there was a lot of naivety back then, probably still is today. And I'll probably look back at this version of myself and go, how naive. But while we've developed, while we've improved, while we've built what I've, a business I'm very proud of, and I know you are too, I think this highlights so much the importance of core values mm. and core beliefs. And I think that's another episode we should cover in the future is talking about core values. It sounds wishy-washy, and I thought it was until I really understood how important they were. But this shows the importance of shared values and building a team with shared values as well. I'm really glad that we did that back then because I think it would have been, clearly because we were aligned, it would have been fine had we not done the survey but we needed to do it to check and i think i'd recommend that process to anyone that doesn't have to be that same set of questions but just that those going into those kind of areas about what you like as people what you value how the business is going to operate and especially those questions around um, firing and decision making and things like that so important it's a very quick exercise i didn't slave over this for weeks but in i could spend an hour filling it in and you can just of either identify things that mean it's clearly not going to work or go okay broadly this is going to work but there clearly are these two areas here but if we address these now it's going to be so much better than doing it now than it is years down the line now i know i suggested this exercise back then and it worked out really well for us i'd only been in business by myself previously but you'd been involved in other business ventures where you'd work with other people as well did you do a similar, I know you may have not done that exact process, but did you do a similar process, a little bit of it, none of it, and just rolled the dice? Like, bear in mind that this was before this event, so, you know, you may have not learned as many lessons by then. What what have you done before? Um, I'd always, I'd done lots of kind of partner i've been involved in one proper partnership i've done lots of other things before that just like a bit more casual more like side project kind of thing so you said that you had to kind of get over the whole solo founder thing but i'd always liked being a partnership so i'd done quite a lot of that sort of thing i feel like it, it suited me well there was one bit major business i'd been involved in before that which was um with a partner 
we did none of that. Like <laughs> absolutely nothing. Um, he was my boss at the first company I ever worked for. And then he wanted to go off and do his own thing. And he asked me to come and do it with him. And I like, did none of these things at all because I was just really excited. Like I was, I was only in my early 20s. Like, oh, yeah, I get to go off and do my own thing. And I'm really flattered to have been asked and all that kind of thing. So I did no checks whatsoever. How did that go? went mostly fine it went fine because we were both quite calm people we're both quite conflict avoidant people so there so there are some things that went fine but but things like bubbled under for longer than they should have done but essentially we were similar enough as people that we kind of rubbed along fine and there wasn't any conflict i think where we where we should have checked that we were aligned is that we're both at different life stages. Like he was about 20 years older. He had kids at that point. I was just in my early 20s. So his lifestyle need, he needed more cash out of the business than I did. So he was very much like wanting to be straight down the middle about it. Again, it was like 50-50. We're each going to take the same amount out. But because he wanted, he needed more and he wanted me to have the same, we were taking more cash out of the business each month than we really should have done. We should have invested far more. So we either should have made sure that we were in the same position or we should have tackled that and said, you know what, it's fine that you take more and I take less and then we'll figure it out some other way. But we didn't we didn't make sure that we were aligned on those points we really should have done. That's interesting because obviously we didn't have to address that because I did have a young son back then, but I think we must have had the conversation or made it clear that we were going to reinvest and it wasn't to strip cash out. I mean, that business didn't give us that option anyway. (laughs) So luckily we both had other things going on that did bring us in money, but that business didn't for a long, long time. But even so, it didn't become an issue because we didn't need it. We had another option, another way of of bringing in income. You know, I had another business. You had your books and everything else you had going on. So there was we had that which made it okay. Yeah, definitely. And the other way in which this previous partnership wasn't as good is I think we were we were very similar as people and as skill sets. So there's the whole kind of having the same values thing that worked that was fine didn't have to worry about that but we were both basically good and bad at the same things (laughs) so really wonderful at some stuff and truly awful at others yeah so it was really just kind of like we just got like a magnified version of of one of us doing us alone (laughs) you didn't you just didn't get that balancing out and again it like it worked it was fine but i think really he he probably asked me to be his business partner because we got on well and mm. because it was an easy relationship and he probably would have been better off if he'd asked someone who was very different from him maybe there was more to figure out maybe it was a more difficult relationship but he would have got more out of it by having someone to balance out his weaknesses yeah it's really interesting and it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about someone else rob <laughs> i don't know if i like it or if i feel a bit awkward i i think a lesson, a big lesson, and hopefully there's been a lot today rather than just laughing at some of the, the things we've said in the past. But one of the core lessons is that when you want to start a business, you don't start a business when you feel negative about an opportunity, you feel excited. And you're like, yay, let's go. And then you sometimes will find someone else who's excited by the opportunity. 
And getting two people aligned behind an opportunity isn't that hard. There's enough of those people out there. It's finding all the other things that we've talked about already. But again, you've got to be careful because while it's easy to start a business, you can start and grow something. It's a lot harder to unravel one if there's conflict, if you fall out, if you've got different values, if you've got different aspirations. I mean, there's so many ways this can pivot out in different directions that if you don't get it right early on and invest that time, then you're storing up potentially a lot of pain for the future. Yeah, the metaphor of the marriage is kind of like it's a cliche but i think it's really true like it's very easy to like be excited about another person and all these wonderful things you're going to do together and everything else and overlook the red flags or not not even i don't know minimize it or just not even bother thinking about it in the first place but then you know you're you're, you're married you've had the big ceremony <laughs> there are other people involved and when at that point you go Oh, might have made a mistake here. It's very painful to try and do anything about it. Yeah, when you could put razor blades in your soup and stuff like that. No, no. <laughs> maybe not that dramatic. But I think it, it is a great analogy. And I think it's important for anybody who wants to start a business and is considering a partnership, which we've talked about, we both endorse and we both think for a lot of people is a good idea, that just because it's a good idea, don't do it lightly. Like, put as much effort into that as you will do every other part of your business. But I also think it's a warning sign if you go to work with a founder and you don't want to put that effort in. That itself is probably the biggest red flag because what what are they saying about themselves straight away? Like, they're not interested. They, they're happy to take big risks, go into stuff blindly. Like, for me, that would be the ultimate red flag if you started engaging with a potential founder and he didn't want to engage in a process like this or similar to it because you'd be immediately going, hmm, that doesn't sit well with me. I agree. So I think you can probably relate this back to relationships as well, but it was probably there is no one perfect per person out there. There is no one perfect founder. There'll be a lot of people who are completely wrong for one reason or another, but you just kind of need to find someone who's right enough and, and then learn to work together well. And that's what it all comes down to. And yeah, you do have to put that effort together at the start. And it's worth putting that effort in because if you get it right, I think it's working as a working in a partnership is great because you get to get someone else to talk to who will actually care about your business when you're banging on about it all day. It's true. It's true because no one else will care as much. No. So it's great to have someone to share that with. Yeah. People take calls at random times with silly <laughs> ideas. So it, it's good. No, it's really good. So today we've taken it right back to the start of the business and getting the business started in the first place, the right idea with the right person is super, super important. But having done that, uh, if you make, get those things right, that's brilliant. It means you've avoided a lot of pain, but there will still be lots of adventures that you have <laughs> in the course of running a business, as we have, and we found how wrong we were about some of our assumptions, that will uh, perhaps challenge you and perhaps maybe different from what how you thought it would be. So we'll be talking about that next time. If you'd like to join us for that, we'll see you next time. Well, that is it. Another episode of Any Other Business done. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support so early in this podcast. Yes, if you're listening to these, you are the early adopters. You are the hardcore if you're going back and listening to the archives. So thank you so much for your support. And if you really would like to support us, then we'd love an iTunes review or a review anywhere you think is relevant. 
It really does help the show out and it helps us reach as many people as possible. And of course, if you want to go further, you can share it on your socials too. But any sort of support is very welcome. We'll be back with another exciting episode next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.